0: Thy hand, O God, has guided, reveals something of the faith of not just the hymn writer, but of the British people in the mid-to-late Victorian era. Tall brick chimneys at factories across the land belched out their smoke, proclaiming that there were things being manufactured. There was productivity in that place. Maps of the world in the newly built schools showed red in each continent, proclaiming the extent of Her Majesty's Empire. The cities and towns across the land were being connected by a fast-moving scheme, railway lines. Travel had never been so quick. And who knows, perhaps even a village like Linfield might get a station. Or maybe not. Almost. Almost. But not all was as it sometimes sounds. We now have knowledge of the cause of smog and respiratory ailments, of slum dwellings, and how we grew cities that, yes, had big populations, but we see poverty and incredibly poor working conditions. Reported in Dickens' novels, challenging our concept of greatness of the time. Likewise, we went around the world claiming land, but we can now reflect on what happened. This year, marking 70 years since partition of India, the oppression of indigenous people, of apartheid, of arbitrary lines drawn on maps to define new national borders. They must make us think twice when we think of empire. Not everything was great. how and why railways were built. Sometimes, yes, to make that connection, to improve productivity, to move people about. Sometimes as a vanity project or to make a quick pound in return. Surely this teaches us lessons for the electrification of rural lines even today or of HS2 and HS3. Who we are and how our country has been formed must be considered. And we have to ask, as God guided the hand, did our hand always move in the right direction? Did we try to do things in our own strength and maybe even for our own glory or for the glory of our nation rather than of God's kingdom? Our passage today is about having confidence in obeying God, but also confidence that it is God who must be obeyed and that it is God who must receive the glory when a great thing is done. Gideon has an army, yet the Midianite army is larger. But perhaps for a day that is not an issue. Because the Midianites are camped in the valley, while the Israelites are camped on the higher ground. Easier to defend. And we, we maybe see this reflected in the passage. That there's a whole day there, a whole day of rest for Gideon's men. They've got the chance to go and drink upstream, whether it be by lapping their hand or getting down and drinking directly the water. The Midianites... Do not attack, for they know the risk of losing if they did. Battles are often won or lost on the mistake that is made. It's not always plain sailing. Forward the light brigade, charge for the guns, he said, into the valley of death, rode the 600. The charge of the Light Brigade occurred at Balaclava because of a mistaken understanding of some vaguely given orders. The horses weren't intended to charge through the valley facing all the opposition guns. They weren't supposed to capture the guns at the far end which the officer in charge thought they were. Their objective was to capture a much closer position, yet that was not clearly communicated. And so the horses and men moved forwards at speed, but towards their doom. For either the Israelites to enter the valley, or for the Midianites to climb the hill, could be disastrous. There is an element of stalemate, a strong force in a weak place, a weaker force in a strong place. Who will make the first mistake of moving? But the answer is that the decision and the plan does not come from either the Midianites or the Israelites, the plan comes from the Lord. It is the Lord who speaks and say, this is what is going to happen. And he makes what would be considered in military terms an unexpected move. He tells Gideon to reduce his force further. People had come from many tribes, but perhaps some weren't really there for the fight. Simply there because their mates had brought them Or because they had feared what would happen if they didn't go from their village. What would be said to them? Would they receive the equivalent of a white feather? More than two-thirds are ready to go home at the first opportunity. That chance is given and it is accepted. They go. But God's plan is not simply for the battle to be won. The plan is for the battle to be won and for it to be seen to be God's will. Not simply by God's people, but a victory won by God. The reduced army is reduced further, not in an attempt to find the elite squad of troops. He's not trying to establish the SAS. It's simply being reduced. Those who sometimes comment that uh, bringing water to the mouth by lapping means that you're not bending down, so you've got a a visual awareness of where you are just in case of attack. Those who think that might have a sense that among normal troops that would be correct, but it's inconsequential here. God simply wants Gideon to choose a small number, Because when the men of Midian are routed, this will show that it could only possibly be by God's strength, by God's power, by God's spirit, not by human power or strength that the mission was accomplished. 300 men for a battle, that is too weak, but not for God's plan. Do you think you are called to do something, but you rule it out because you think you are too weak? Maybe too old or too young. Maybe too frail. Maybe there's something else in your life that's stopping you. A fear that it simply won't work. You're not alone. It happens many times. It happens today. And it happens over and over and over again in the Bible. Isaiah and Jeremiah. Jonah's fear that it would all go wrong. Moses complained that he was poor at speaking. Sarah laughed at the thought she would have a child. And in our passage, Gideon has doubts. Could this work? Could it really work? But if it truly is God's plan, then all will succeed. The Lord knew Gideon would be nervous So he even allows for this. Go with your servant. Go down to the camp. Go and see what's going on down there. Be in the camp. And so he goes. And that's where we get the dream that we have in our passage this day. One Midianite telling another Midianite what their vision had been, what had disturbed their sleep. A barley loaf rolling down, demolishing tents. I hope when you do baking it doesn't come out strong enough uh, and heavy enough that it would demolish a tent. But that's what's happening in the dream. The Midianites don't realise that Gideon is listening, but the story is heard loud and clear. The campers in the valley are made nervous by the story. But for Gideon, it gives him strength. It gives him hope. And he responds by worshipping God. What dream or message, I wonder, is being given not to us in here, but is being given outside? message is God putting into the hearts of those in the village around us such that they're actually ready for God's people to do something. They're prepared for that part of God's plan. Not being demolished, not knocked over, not slain by sword but being made ready to receive something of God's word and of God's hope of God's love for them what is God saying outside the door what encouragement would we have if we knew that what stronger encouragement do we need a small force is formed of the 300 men In one hand, a torch. And in another hand, a trumpet, more likely a kudu horn. So, which hand do they carry, a sword or a shield? They enter the camp with something in each hand, ready for the battle, but not in the way a soldier would normally expect. And they shout. What is it they shouted? A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Try that. A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. I'm not sure that you would scare the Midianites, but the 300 men dead. The Midianites rose from their slumber. They wielded their swords and attack each other. It's clearly the Lord's victory. A sword for the Lord and for Gideon, yet the Israelite army are holding torches and trumpets. To see fulfillment, we must seek God's plan not to choose to form it ourself, but seek where the Lord is guiding our hand. We have to seek where God is preparing the community outside, ready for that action to occur. And we have to have confidence in our heart And respond rather than saying, we are too weak, it can't be done. Instead, we pray, thy will be done. And we must be sure that if it is his will, then anything is possible. Amen.